Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. If we could get into our places, God bless you. I appreciate the move of the Lord. If you could stand with me for the reading of the word, Isaiah chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. I will endeavor to not keep you long today, but I do feel like I have a word from the Lord today. It is not a deep word. It is a word that I feel in my spirit and have felt it over the last several days. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. And what will you do in the day of visitation and in the desolation which shall come from afar? To whom will you flee for help? And where will your glory? With they shall bow down under the prisoners, and they shall fall under the slain. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Luke chapter 19, verse 41 through 44. And when he, he being Jesus, was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thee and thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. You've been around here the last few weeks. You've heard me allude to the day of visitation. And today... The Holy Ghost has been ministering to me over the last few days about visitation. I'm going to preach to you by the help of the Lord a borrowed sermon that I've used many years ago, but I feel it on my heart. What will you do in the day of visitation? What will you do in the day of visitation? If you could put your Bibles down and help me pray that God would have His way in the remainder of this service. Lord Jesus, today we appreciate the fellowship and the unity of the body. We appreciate, O oh God, the processes that we have seen do well today. We thank You for the worship, and we thank You especially for Your presence. But God, anoint this Word. Anoint it to where it finds our dark places in our heart. Let it illuminate in our minds, we pray this all. Touch this feeble servant and touch our minds and hearts to receive. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. You can be seated. What will you do in the day of visitation? I'd like to illustrate just a little bit about what this word visitation really means. The Bible introduces this concept and it is a parenthetical concept. In other words, it is a concept you see from the beginning even until the end of the book. You find visitation 
in Genesis and you find visitation in Revelation. And every book in between, there is always a visitation from God unto His people. The Hebrew word for visitation is pakad. P-A-Q-A-D. And it indicates a time when the eternal God breaks into human history in order to either bless or punish or inform the individuals or the nations of whom He speaks to. The visitation that God does always, hear me, it always changes the destiny of the person or the nation from whom the visitation was the reason for. Whether they're ready or not, that person or that nation, when receiving a godly visitation, is always changed. And if they receive it, then great, they are marched into their destiny. But if they don't receive the visitation of God, then they are on the pathway to destruction. I preach to you today a simple question. What will you do in the day of your visitation? This visitation, I say once again, it will always make a change in an eternal setting. In fact, you can read in the Word that very few people are even ready for the visitation from God because you will find them going about their ordinary duties of life. And God, because He is faithful, we're not, He steps in and speaks to His people and they don't recognize or rather they don't understand why at this moment was God visiting them. I want to just say to you and remind you that life is fleeting. And the Bible says that our day is like, in, like a blade of grass. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. Hear me now, for those of us that all, and I say all, can recognize that it feels like time is going by quickly. It feels like that our own personal time clocks, our age, it seems like the march of days will not stop or slow down. And some of us, like myself, have more uh, days behind us than we have before us. And God is trying to get a hold of some people today that He is, and this is the time of His visitation to you and to me. The Bible says, thank you, when the divine visitation occurs, it brings about many things. Hear me now. Abraham received a visitation and he received a covenant. Jacob received a visitation and he got a name change. Moses received a uh, visitation and got direction from a burning bush. Joshua received a visitation and got empowered to fight and re realized that he was on the Lord's side. 
Samuel received visitation and received an anointing to become the prophet of Israel. Isaiah received a visitation and got a word for Israel. Jeremiah received a visitation and got a reminder of God's calling and his faithfulness. The disciples received an invitation and they got a calling. The upper room received an invitation and they got an outpouring. Saul, Paul received an invitation and got salvation and then he mission. John received a visitation and got a revelation under the sound of my voice. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you understand what I'm talking about. By having a visitation in your life, I want you to know today is the day of our visitation. Today is the day of our opportunity to take advantage that God is among us. And when He's among us, our destiny awaits us to step into it. I say again, in times of pivotal change, God allows a visitation. I want you to know that it's generally accepted and it's believed by many theologians, but I just want to bring it on home to us today that a visitation means opportunity and it's from this understanding when I preach about visitation it's not about that he's coming to bring judgment per se but really it's an opportunity for us who have the ear and I believe the favor of God right now in human history. I'm talking about this corporate body, and I'm talking about the body in particular. Amen. This apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled, gospel-preaching and teaching group of people. I'm preaching to this congregation today that I believe that our time of visitation is right now. I know I'm not silly. I'm not going to gaslight you. I recognize since the beginning of this year, and we're almost entering into our third month of this year of 12 already. I recognize that it doesn't seem like from the top looking in that our church may be firing on all cylinders. I recognize and I appreciate while I'm here the God, these worship team that are singing with these tracks and these loops that are trying to get us to worship. And I appreciate you, saint of God, that is saying it's not about a 20-piece orchestra or a 50-people choir, but it's about the worship of God. I appreciate that. But I recognize that we're not firing on all cylinders as far as our membership being here every day, especially today. I recognize that we have had sickness abound. I recognize that there are several people that it seems like no matter how faithful you've been, you're in between jobs or you're in between homes or you're 
in between living in your life and you've been wondering, Lord God, why is it? I'll tell you why. Because we've been praying around in the house of God. We have set our faces to hear from God. We have a need and we believe in God. And therefore, if I could just tell you, and if you will just believe the word and believe this old boy, today is the day of our visitation. Today is the day of our opportunity. We'll never get today after today gone back again. Today is an opportunity that we would see that God is among us and we can't let him pass us by and we can't let him go back to the next congregation without us taking advantage of our opportunity. Let us be clear today, when God makes his presence known, there's a reason why. Let us be clear today that yes, we are in unique times. I don't know. Now I recognize it's the conspiracy bone in me, but I don't know. We haven't really talked about it. I want to not preach about conspiracy things. I want to preach about your God is greater. So I'm going to lean there. But let me just lead you by the hand a little bit. I don't know if you know, we had an odd situation happen this past Thursday. I know what we heard from the news about our phones not working. I know that we talked about, oh Lord, here he goes again. We're going into the... I'm telling you, we are in the time that the devil knows. The Bible says that he knows his time is short. And if the devil knows, and he is amping up the silly, goofy things that we've seen over the last three and a half and four years, and therefore that means the church needs to stand up and not sit down and not let the enemy roll over us. It's time because we've got children. We've got grandchildren. We've got friends. We've got husbands and wives and sisters and brothers. And we've got neighbors and co-workers that need to hear this gospel. And I believe because we know the visitation time, it's for us to say, Lord, I'm ready. Because I'm ready to tell you, Lord, what my petitions are. I fiddled around with this non-healing thing for a long time. I'm ready now for my healing. I fiddled around with all my uh, 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 co-worker messing with me at the world. I'm tired of them. I'm going to pray that the Holy Ghost falls on them on their lunchtime. I'm tired of my husband or my wife not living for God. I'm tired of my children being mouthy and talking back and not living for God. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, we are in that time of visitation that God hears us right now. One of the saddest stories of the Bible in our text that we read was when Jesus came and they missed Him. I know I've said this many times, but the saddest story that I know of is Jesus coming to His people, the Jews, and saying, the very thing that you've been looking for for hundreds of years I'm right. He, he said it in their temple. He read the prophecy and he said, 
this day, this scripture has been proved. It's been answered. I am who you looked for. And the response was, is this Jesus, Joseph, the carpenter's son? The Bible says that he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. I'm telling you, what is going to stop you is that you don't hear what this old preacher is telling you, that you have an opportunity today. And if you don't take advantage of this, you are akin to those Jews that had Jesus stepping right in front of them and saying, I'm right here! And God has moved already in our midst. And I know we weren't bouncing off the walls, but I looked around and I saw people being touched by the hand of God. God is here right now. And we have an opportunity. And we've got to take advantage of it because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The Bible says in Genesis 18, we didn't read this but you can take this and read it at home, that a man named Abram was in the desert. Genesis 18 and 1, if you want to follow along, Brother Tiki and Brother Richie. Genesis 18 and 1, the Bible says that Abram was in a tent in the heat of the day. The hottest time of the day. It was high noon. We're in the hottest time of day. And he looked off into the distance and he saw three that were coming. And when he saw three, he recognized a visitation, Brother Stock. And the Bible says in the ensuing verses behind this one that he ran to meet them and entertain them. What did he do? He began to worship them. Because when he was in the process and in the presence of the man of God and really a theophany, the appearance of God, he began to entertain. He began to worship. And he spoke to this one. And he began to tell him things. And this, this man, this theophany, this God, began to tell him about the promises because he worshipped. When he worshipped, it was when God began to tell him his destiny. And he began to tell him, I know that you're an old boy. I know that you're a hundred years old. But just about the time here pretty soon, that back is gonna, the season's going to come back to your 90-year-old, wrinkly old wife. And it's going to be a time, and you're going to not just want to go sit on the couch. You're gonna, and I'm not trying to be funny, but you're going to come around to that time again. And the thing that I gave you decades ago, I'm not a man that I should lie. I'm going to tell you from your seed, I'm going to build a nation. But when God began to impart to that, the visitation time, God spoke and it happened. And I want you to hear me. We're in that time. We're in the visitation to where God didn't go to the Bible. I'm sure he's there. God didn't go to Calvary Tabernacle that I know of. He's probably there too. But I'm telling you, he's at point of hope. And He's come for you and I. And He's here right now. And He's came to our tent at high noon when it's at the heat of the day. When it's the most hot, it's the most impressively uh, painful time in our lives. And God said, I'm right here. And I want to tell you just a little bit more about your destiny. That what I said to you, I promise it's going to happen. But you've got to claim it. And when Abram saw 
who it was. The Bible goes on, and we're not going to get into that, is that he began to worship. I want to bring this to your attention. I've preached for the last 15 minutes about seeing a visitation and understanding it's our time. But I want to bring to this your back to your attention today when he got in proximity he didn't just sit and listen but the bible says that he got down on his knees and he began to seek and he began to wash the feet of god almighty he began to entertain and he began to worship and when he worshiped it was when god began to tell him i'm telling you no matter what you think no matter how hot it is in your life no matter what season it is when you get in the presence of god you need to do like what Vanessa did. You need to do what Kirsten did. You need to do what these women did. You need to do what we all need to do is that we get in His presence and we worship Him and we entertain His presence. Say, God, don't get out of here too fast. I want you to be right here because God, I want to take an opportunity of my visitation. So I'm preaching to you. We've talked about a theme. It's alluded to already. My wife did. God has a good intention for us. God wants to give you the destiny and lay out the plan. But it's not until we get in the visitation and we're here to now while we're here, it's what we do with it. I'm a bit of a nerd. No, I'm not a bit. I'm a lot of a nerd. And I have made it happen. And I have found my ministry has opened the door to where I have, I have met national senators. I've met important people. I'll just leave it at that. I've met TV stars. I've met NBA stars. I've met, and I take it for what it is. I've met the athletes of the day that we deify as a, a culture. I've met... I've met politicians, and all of that means nothing. But I thought about this while I was just kind of putting the final touches right before service today on this, and I began to think, every time that I've ever been in contact with these people, Brother Stock, I've always done something just a little silly like we all do. Hey, can I get a picture? And what they'll do, they'll go, yeah, absolutely, I'm fanning out, nerding out. Yeah, sure, no problem. Can I get an autograph? Yeah, sure. You know why? Because we're wanting to take advantage. Because we'll kick ourselves when they're just, just right around the corner. We're going, I'll never get that opportunity again. And why is it that we can do that with stars that put the draws on the same as we do? That we make such a big deal about these people and our mindset is already set that we want to take advantage of the opportunity. How many times do I get to bump in to this professional player? How many times do I get to bump into a national center? How many times? And we take advantage of a picture, autograph, whatever, whatever. Why? Because we want to take a piece of that happening with us so that we can hang it on a wall and say, let me tell you a story about how that I influenced a a national politician. You know why? We do those things, but we never do it for God. We never take and write in our personal journals, those of you that do this, or write in our Bibles and put this in there and say, I had... (laughs) 
I had a connection and a visitation from God today. And I know it sounded crazy. He said, even though I, it defied natural laws, it was a promise. And, and I don't know, I'm just not going to write it down because I'm just going to believe it when it happens. Don't we do this? Because we don't understand the visitation that we're in. But if we would just get in the mindset, if we would just get in the mindset of an Abraham that says, oh my God, I've been waiting a hundred years. I've heard your voice. I've heard you. But my God, right here, right there, put your feet, let me get down on my knees and let me worship. Why? Because we know it's fleeting when God visits us. We're not promised another visitation. Never are we promised that God would visit us again. Now, I, now, hear me now. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you, if God is the greatest above all these other examples that I've used, then my God, should we be writing it down? Should we be speaking and say, I know it sounds crazy, but in that visitation when we were talking about speaking the name of Jesus over my family, I just kind of felt like that God is going to give us, all of our family, and all of our people and our family to be saved. And I know it sounds crazy, but you know what? Abraham was 190, and they got with it and had a baby. So if God can change the natural laws of our living, then don't you think that when the doctors say you don't have any hope and doctors say you, don't, you might as well give up and Dr. Jesus said, hold on, you've been in my presence and you don't know, that doctor don't know who I am. Now you've been, you've taken advantage of your visitation and you see, I'm just going to go ahead and take that cancer out and I'm going to go ahead and take out that blockage and I'm going to go ahead and take out that pain. You know why? Because they took advantage. They weren't like the Jews when they tried to tell them, I'm over here! I'm over here! I'm Jesus! And they missed Him. I'm telling you, you're in the time of visitation. Do not miss this. And I'm not talking about this one service. I'm talking about this time frame. I'm talking about this time in our life. We're not promised that God would ever come by this way again. He may hear us and give us His voice, but He may never be here physically among us. And all God wants is for somebody to worship. I've already preached a half hour. I've got half of my sermon. You see, when the lepers saw Jesus. They didn't say, should we? We know He's around. but Maybe He'll come back. The pool of Bethsaida, when Jesus came by, they didn't just, hmm, I'll, be, I'll be the fifth guy of Gideon because I don't know what anybody else is going to say or do. Huh. The leper screamed to get his attention. The man at the, the pool rolled in and the other one that had his issues, he said, Jesus, over here, y'all not hearing me. 
I'm telling you, you've got the ear of God. And I believe because we've put, put an emphasis on prayer and fasting and seeking His face, we already know because we've been preaching it and teaching it the last month and a half that God has His favor, a good intention for us. And if God has a good intention, then therefore, no wonder this means something. Ask whatsoever you will, and it shall be done. I'm done. I've got half a sermon. But I want to leave this with you. Stand with me. Maybe I'll expound upon it another time. But I said this recently. In John chapter 11... The Bible says that Jesus didn't come when he got the news about Lazarus, his friend, being dead. No, no, sick. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus waited before coming. Now, this is after he's been doing these miracles. Now, hear me. You've got to hear this. He waited. And you know what he said? He said it right outright. He said, I'm not coming for the intent so that you can believe. We have been asking, and we've been addressing it. God, why are you waiting? And if I could just go ahead and answer, I'm not God. But could it be that God is saying, I'm going to prove something to you for the intent of your belief so that you'll never doubt me again. And what we've done, you've forgotten it, God. Jesus comes. He was walking down. The Bible says, I'm sorry to keep you standing. All right. Martha saw Jesus and ran to Jesus and said, how dare you to come now? Jesus said, I've come to raise up Lazarus. He's dead now. He's been dead for a few days. You know why? You remember? You waited. He said, he's going to live. Oh, we know he's going to live again in the resurrection. And the Bible says, and we take it so out of context, Jesus wept. Oh, he was so hurt. No, he wasn't. He was sad because even in the time of visitation, they didn't take advantage so here he did you know the story come on I don't tell bad ones Lazarus come forth oh roll away the stone first he's going to bump his head up against that stone roll away the stone first Lazarus come forth he come hopping out pop 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 here he is unwrap him there he is guys I know he's been dead but I told you in the time of visitation I'll make dead places be alive again there he is but this is what I'm getting to the next chapter Read it for yourself. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. The Bible says that Martha was serving. She was making the dinner, washing the dishes, all this. I know I've preached this before, but it just felt like I've got to tell it again. The Bible says that Lazarus sat. 
Just go through it. Keep going through it. You're going to be with me. John chapter 1, chapter 12. 1, 2. They made him a supper. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now, can you imagine just one chapter before? I had been dead. Let me put this on Facebook. Instagram. I was dead. And all you guys that were there saw them roll away the stone. I was dead and I came through. But the Bible says he sat. Y'all hear me? God was at the very same table. And Lazarus didn't worship. Now you can go ahead and read in scriptures. Go ahead. I challenge you. You don't read anything else about Lazarus after this chapter. I didn't say he backslid or died lost. I'm just, I'm just saying Lazarus didn't do anything more notable. You know why? Because he didn't worship in the presence of God. The Bible says, Martha said, Jesus, make Mary do what I'm doing. And right about that time, here comes Mary. Got down on her knees. She began to wash Jesus' feet. Costly That's oils and began to wipe with her hair. She worshipped. And here it is. Martha said, make her do what we're doing. Jesus said, I can't do that. Because she's doing what she should be doing while I'm in her presence. Do you all know that we can be so much doing, even spiritual things, and I'm preaching right here first, and think we're doing so much, but all we're doing is Martha ministry. It's notable. It's good. It's appreciated. we got to eat. Somebody's got to wash the dishes. But you can do that after I'm gone. You ought to be doing what Mary's doing right now. And I'm closing with this thought. What will you do in the day of visitation? I'm encouraging you. You ought to worship. You ought to let them know, God, I want you to be comfortable here. Why did she... Was she worshiping because of Lazarus? Maybe a little. But I can tell you, after this chapter, you don't hear anything else about Martha anymore. Well, you know what I want to say. But after this chapter, you hear a lot more about Mary. Because she found the thing. So what should you do? You should worship. You've got to understand, the presence of God in the day of visitation is not in this building only. It's when you're working on a Monday he goes with you in that daycare. He goes with you at that job where you're crunching numbers. He goes with you when you go home by yourself. He goes with you when you're caring for others. He goes with you when you're doing things that nobody else appreciates. And he's saying, Mary. Oh, but that's not my name. No, no, no. He's trying to speak to the Mary thing in your life. Worship me. And so worship is not a thing you do in church. Worship is the thing that you do in your life.
hear me now. I know we don't have any music. I don't know. I know. I know. I know. I know. And I know we've already prayed. And you do however you want. But this altar is open for somebody that says, God, I want to worship in the time of my visitation. I want God not only to just recognize the time. I want to redeem You ought to lift your voice, lift your hands, your hearts. Moms and dads, I think this is good. You know what? Junior needs to see you. Little, little Bobby Sue needs to see you in the altar. Little Jimmy needs to see you in the altar praying.